All right. Take your Bible this evening and turn with me to the book of Revelation, the 15th chapter. And we have eight verses in this passage. Really, we find ourselves at a prelude to the seven vials. And the seven vials listed in chapter 16. And as we come to chapter 15, it's a very unique setting. Uh, we see the servants of God as they've been martyred around the throne just singing. And they sing a song of Moses, the servant of God. And it's truly a magnificent picture of the children of God as they worship the Lord for what He has done, what He is going to do. And uh, they are able to say all of these things, sing all of these things uh, after great tribulation in their own life. And I think there's a note that should be honored uh, with that in mind. For each Christian here today, as we go through troubles and as we go through great valleys, and even um, if it should be that we would go through uh, similar testings, uh, possibly even losing our own life for the cause of Christ, that we would honor the Lord in these things, that we would obey, obey Christ, and that afterwards, and even while it was going on, be able to say with music in our lips and our heart that the Lord is good. So there's some unique things here. Really tonight I don't have a grand, beautiful, elaborate outline. We're just going to go verse by verse and try to pick through some things here. If there's a title I could give you, it would be the prelude to the seven vials. And so an introduction to uh, chapter 16. And uh, much of what we find in chapter 16 is in correlation to the Old Testament. And we'll make some references to that as well in the future. The Bible says in verse 1, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. The Lord, thy, uh, the Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name. For thou only art holy. Amen. For all nations shall come to worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was upon me. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in purple and white linen, and having their breasts girded in the golden girdles. Every female's dream right there, the golden girdles. Amen. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of God and from His power. No man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Our Father, we pray tonight that You would anoint Your Word. Lord, that You would touch my lips. God, that You would give us clarity of thought as we have a desire to study and know the deep things of Your Word. God, I pray that You would give us a practical truth that we might leave this building tonight. and Lord, live it in our own personal Christian life. God, stir our hearts once again as we sit around the table and dine from the greatest dining room. Lord, Your Word, how it's bread, how it's meat, and how it's water. Lord, thank You for the strength that it provides, the cleansing that it gives. God, we thank You for the comfort that it brings in our life. 
And Lord, we look at this passage and futuristic, these saints, Lord, we thank You for men and women, even today, who at the cause of death, they laid down their life willingly. And God, may we, in our own life, if it is called, God, may we do that as well. Lord, we pray not only to die for You, but even more so to live. Today, tonight, tomorrow, this week, Lord, the Christmas season, to be able to speak about the things of God, to remind people about the season. Lord, we pray that You would help us to live our lives for You and for You alone. All of this we ask in Your precious name. Amen. Just to go through the verses here and give you a few things to think over. He says in verse number 1, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. I want you to circle those two words that really give us an understanding of this sign. Great and marvelous. I think that it has to be said first and foremost just to note about the glory of God and the personality of God and the ability of God and who God is. He is great. He is marvelous. Could we ascribe anything more to Him? I think this is a summary of who He is. Really, as we stand at God, stand in awe of God as we sit back and look as God has worked in our life, as His strong hand has provided a testimony time and time and time and time again. Don't worry, don't be afraid because God is good. It may not be now, it may not be when we think so, but He'll show up in His timing. He's never late, He's never early, He's right on time. God, why? He is great and He is marvelous. It's not only that He is, but as uh, the angel gives this proclamation, seven angels having the seven last plagues, that within itself sends chills up my spine. As we look at the last plagues, he speaks about them in chapter 16. The Bible says in verse 2, "...and the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image." Exodus chapter 9 speaks about the boils. It speaks about these sores. And the Bible says it was noisome and grievous. Uh, two things to describe how, if you will, just a ringing in the ears and the mind and the soul and every inch and every speck of the body, the entire human body being composed and, and filled with these grievous uh, hardship, uh, uh, just ungodly, if you will, sores upon the body. You know, when we have sores upon our body and there's an outward ointment, there's no ointment that can give refuge or comfort or strength or healing for these. This is the wrath of God. And it's directed towards those that have uh, been in opposition to what we find in chapter 15. Chapter 15, we find the individuals, they're rejoicing, they're singing, they're singing the songs of Moses, they're with harps playing great music and victorious music. But these are the children of God that have withstood the mark of the beast. They have laid down their lives for the cause of Christ and ultimately they've died. And so the opposite, here's God's wrath being poured out. Verse 3, the second vial. The angel poured out his vial upon the sea and it became as the blood of a dead man. Notice this. And every living what? Soul who has souls, men and women, boys and girls. I don't know exactly what this blood of a dead man is other than just that. But it is so toxic. It could be stated that as these men and women fleeing for refuge or or vacation or maybe even merchant, uh, 
men and women upon ships, that somehow the contamination seeps upon the ships. And the Bible says that it takes the life, lives of every living soul, and they died in the sea. The third vial, verse 4, the angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of water, and they became blood. Again, another picture there we find in the book of Exodus. And I heard the angel of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. Let me remind you that God is righteous because He does judge sin. In a world where it says that that's totally not true or that's incorrect, the Bible reminds us that God has the right to judge sin, and in doing so, He is righteous. There is the righteousness of God as He judges. And it's unique. The Bible says in verse 5, And I heard the angel of the water say, of the waters say, it may be that there's a specific angel that's ascribed to these, these uh, bodies of water. And uh, that is in the administration of uh, fulfilling this wrath, this vial that's being poured out. And this angel, he, he speaks. And uh, he, he speaks uh, of, of uh, the power of God. Um, and the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers fountains of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous. He's pouring out this vial, and as he's doing so, this is an action not by the angel, but this is an action called by God. God is leading this battle. God is orchestrating these events. And the angel, there's such loyalty and fellowship, unity there, that uh, it's just by nature that, if you will, He would say such things, that Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because Thou hast judged us. And they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. Notice this, for Thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. This is what they've done. These ungodly men and women, as you correlate chapter 16 and the wrath of God, the vials being poured out, notice... He says in verse, uh, verse 2 of chapter 15, And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over, number one, the beast, and over, number two, his image, and over, number three, his mark, and over, number four, the number of his name. Stand on the sea of glass, having the hearts of God. Four things that he, these individuals had victory over. And you better believe that all four entities that they had victory over were orchestrated under this one world government and one world society. If you don't follow suit, your life is taken from you. You're thrown captive into jail. You, you're going you're gonna to die of famine. Uh, you, we're going we're gonna to cause you to suffer great pain. And uh, just the imagination could play in and fill the, uh, the spaces. And so this is one reason why the angel here in chapter 16 is speaking, that thou art righteous, O Lord, which art, which was, and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. Verse 6 of chapter 16, For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink. For they are what? Worthy. You know, the reality is, isn't it good to be a Christian because we're all worthy to die and go to hell? We deserve it. Uh, we deserve it. It, it, it. It's to the smallest, youngest child, even to the oldest person, as innocent and as clean and as pure as children are, there's still that endemic nature. They still 
are sinners and it's been passed down. It's in the very core. It's who we are as humanity and, and we can't get past it. Uh, you, you take the best of people and put them on an island secluded all to themselves and it's not too long before that island is so corrupt and so rotten, so filled with sin. Why? Because it's the nature of mankind to hold and harbor jealousy, jealousy and, and anger and, and, and to hurt our neighbor and to lie and to cheat and steal. And uh, The worst of things could be said about all of us and I'm grateful that God... Uh, although we are worthy, He gives mercy. He gives mercy. And there's two camps. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. You know, just as we have uh, chapter 15, they are the righteous. We have chapter 16, and they are the unrighteous. And uh, there's an opportunity still today for people to come to Christ. And some will. Few there be that come. And many there be that go uh, the broad way. Uh, But we praise God for His mercy. Look in... Chapter 16, verse 8, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Heat. You know, the world is so worried about uh, the planet, the solar system, and uh, the greenhouse effect, and, 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 and the sun, and uh, the effects of pollution, and all of these things. And there's something to be said there, but it's not done through pollution. It's done through the hand of God. Uh, this vial, the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, touching the sun. I don't know exactly if the dial just rose up 50, 100 more degrees, 10,000 more degrees, but it was so hot, the Bible says that men were scorched with great heat. There's not enough uh, you know, sunscreen that you could put on the body that would protect you from this. And this is the hand of God. It says, And blaspheme the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give Him glory. So even after God is judging them, while He's judging them, there's an opportunity for repentance, but they don't. They don't turn from their sin. Uh, they, you know, and it's, it's a shame. You see people like this all over the world today. Uh, how you know, tsunamis or hurricanes or uh, earthquakes or great events or... Uh, a disease or some kind of um, crash or accident, it does and it should bear witness to people that there is a God and God trying to speak to that individual. But some people, instead of turning to God, they turn from Him. And we see this even more so in the last day. Uh, Verse 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. Or the throne, that word seat. You should underline that. The seat of of the beast. The Antichrist, the false prophet, they're going to have that throne. They're going to have that place of worship. There's going to be that um, kingdom. And it says, And his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongue for pain. The word gnaw, it means to bite off little by little, or to scrape with the teeth. Such pain, such agony. It's almost as if a child would grind his teeth in the middle of the night as he's he, he it just by nature that's what he does and or or if you will such agony and such pain just moaning but the moaning instead of just the, the outward sign the moaning of uh, needing relief the relief there is to inflict pain upon you see this thing kind of growing in our world today from time to time people cutting themselves or creating uh, a physically harmful environment and somehow that allows stimulation in an ungodly, carnal, fleshly way. 
this is definitely something. You know, it says that darkness, His kingdom was full of darkness. I think that that speaks not only to the physical illumination, the lack thereof, but it also speaks about spiritual darkness, great spiritual darkness. You know, if you would take and go spelunking in the deepest caverns and caves and you would take and turn off your flashlight or, or, or your little light there on your phone or whatever, a headlamp, you turn that off and just pitch darkness so thick that you could cut it. In a spiritual sense, the world is going to be so anti-Christ during this time. Can you imagine as chapter 15 has already happened, many... Will there still be Christians uh, that are enduring to the end? Absolutely. But there's a multitude of people. I can only imagine how many people are represented here in chapter 15. Their, their lives are taken from them. And with that loss of light is the increase of darkness. It's the increase of darkness. And so this um, plague, God allows. If men want light, God will give you more light. If men want darkness, God will allow you to wallow in the filth of your own life and your choosing. He'll give you that darkness. And this is what we see here. It says, They gnaw their tongue for pain and blaspheme, verse 11, the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. They took the name of Christ. They cursed the name of Christ. Verse 12, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come up out of the mouth of the dragon, now the mouth of the beast, now the mouth of false prophets. Can you imagine these men? This is nasty coming out of their mouth. I don't see that as a figurative statement. I see that as a literal statement. Here they are. Um, spirits like frogs. Unclean spirits. What is the false prophet? What is the Antichrist? Uh, what is the beast? It's the, it's the devil. It's his, his unholy trinity. And the Bible says, coming out are spirits like frogs out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets. And they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. And behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garment, keepeth his garment, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And then we have the seventh vial. Verse 17, the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. I think one thing that people are becoming more cautious about is air pollution, whether it be outdoors or indoors, um, whether it be caused by mold or some kind of chemical, how these things that are unnatural to the body, they do affect the body and the mind. They cause multiple internal injuries sometimes taking away uh, strength in life, really longevity of life. So this thing is becoming more and more uh, clear to people as education is growing. And the Bible speaks about a vial in the air. 
And the seventh angel poured out his vial in the air, into the air, and there came a, a great voice out of the temple of heaven and from the throne saying, It is done. What is done? Uh, well, the seventh is finally done. Kind of in a reminder of John chapter 19, verse 30, where Christ said, It is finished. You know, God has the last word, does He not? And there were voices and thunders and lightnings and great earthquakes such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great, the great city was divided into three parts. And the city, cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in, remembrance before God, to give unto her the cup of the wine, the fierceness of his, of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, and there fell upon men a great hell out of the heaven every stone about the weight of a talent or a talent a hundred pounds and men blasphemed God because the plagues of hell the plague whereof was exceeding great it is uh, possible that in the air this vial that is connected no doubt the weight of the talent here in verse 21 fell upon... Uh, notice in verse 21, there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven every what? Stone. Stone. About the weight of a talent. Uh, roughly 100 pounds uh, in, the, um, in association to, to pounds as we know it to a talent. There's some amazing things going on here. Look, look back in chapter 15. We'll cover this, and then we'll go on uh, next week to chapter 17. Look with me uh, back in chapter 15. We'll look, look in verse 2. And I saw, as it were, the sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, Standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. This is the word I want you. To, I want to encourage you to circle. Victory. Victory. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory. Victorious. Amen. We're on the winning side. Amen. And chapter sixteen looks horrible. But I'm glad I'm with the two. Verse 2, I'm, I'm glad I'm in chapter 15. I'm glad I, I've gotten victory. And as God comes back someday, we'll stand victorious. Amen. I, 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 you know, I don't have to live in darkness. I don't have to live in, in, in sin. I, I don't have to live cumbered down with a load of, of worry and care. I, I can be victorious. Gotten the victory. Over the beast. The devil is winning, but he's not winning. If we don't, by God's power, allow him to win, he can, he can knock on your door tonight. He can enter your house today. He can go down to uh, 5351 Deerfoot Path in Bath, and he could throw this my way or that my way, but as long as I deal with it, with the power of God, I'm going to be victorious. But on an eternal note, hey, I'm saved. And we praise the Lord for that. And I, I love the fact that they had gotten the victory over the beast. There are some people that are going to lose. And I, it breaks my heart and it should break our heart. You know, as we look out at the multitude and we see people dying and going to hell, it should bring a sense of compassion and an urgency 
We know the eternal destination. It's either heaven or it's hell. There's no in-between. And it's not a fairy tale. There's no, there's no mute button on life. When, when, when death knocks on your door, you're going. You can't have a conversation with death and talk your way out of it. And yet, to know that death is at the doorstep and to walk through the doorstep victorious over the devil. He, he started the war. He caused sin. He, 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 he brought the rebellion. One third of the angels followed him. And from the beginning, has he not corrupted God's word? Yea, hath God said. From the beginning, has he not tried to tempt Mankind has sinned. Most, from the beginning, has He not tried to, 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 to create a rebellion in our heart against the things of God? And He's still doing it. But praise the Lord, we can be victory, victorious over it. We can have the victory. That's the power of God. I love that verse. I love that fact. And I love that the victory, I, I circled these words in my, my Bible, gotten the victory over the beast, I circled that and I wrote, I I circled down at the very bottom. It says, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. David played a harp. And David played a harp for Saul. And Saul's spirit was not right with God many times. And it brought a sense of peace. You know, when, when you are with God, He'll give you a new song. He'll give you a, a spirit of joy. You can have the victory over it. And then you can rejoice in it. The Bible says in verse 3, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. Look at Exodus chapter 15 with me. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. Exodus chapter 15. And look with me. Verse number 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for He hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath He thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare Him an inhabitation, my Father's God. And I will exalt Him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is is His name, Pharaoh's chariots, and His host hath He cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. This is a song of victory, of rejoicing. You see the correlation between chapter 16 in the Old Testament and Pharaoh and all the plagues of Egypt. But you all see this. You also see this correlation of chapter fifteen in Revelation and chapter fifteen in Exodus, and they're victorious and they have a joyful song. I love it. I like verse eleven. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Who is like unto thee? Well, let's just compare. Let's compare. Who is like unto thee? Is it? Are you? Is the false prophet greater than God? Is the antichrist greater than God? Is the beast greater than God? Who is like unto thee? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Thou stretchedest out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. This is God. 
I don't know how he does it, but I'm glad he does it. He is amazing. And I, and I know we're talking about some supernatural things in the life of the nation of Israel and some supernatural things here in the life of these martyrs and all that's being taken place in, in this tribulational setting. But let me say, let me remind you, there's some miraculous things that God does for us. It is in the nature of God. It is amazing to see and to know and to take refuge in that. And it may not be a life of comfort. No doubt, chapter 15, these people, their comfort was gone. But life is not always about comfort. You know, look with me in... Uh, go to Second Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, Second Timothy chapter three, not chapter four. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall shall be lovers of their own selves, inward, fleshly, that shall it's a representation of their own choosing, loving themselves more than God, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Does that not speak to 15 and chapter 16 of Revelation? You know, what we have, these martyrs, they chose God over their, their own life. That's powerful. Verse 3, without natural affection, truce breakers, breakers false accusers, incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good, traitor. Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as James and Jamborees withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concern of the faith, and they shall proceed no further." For their folly shall be manifest in all men, and theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Let me remind you, chapter 3 is about a world of ungodly, wicked people. But verse 10 reminds me that it's not all ungodly and all wicked people. There's a few that love the Lord. Verse 10, But thou hast fully known, Paul was a man of God, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecution, affliction, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. Man, three places. Which, uh, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord what? Chapter 15 is beautiful because they're victorious. And how are they victorious? Because God delivered them. God delivered them. The Bible says, And they sung the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the Lamb of God saying, look in verse 3, Great and marvelous are thy works. Do you know some of these cheap Christian songs, they do injustice to the cause of Christ and the nature of God. They don't have any doctrine in them. All it is is some kind of emotional popcorn fluff, some icing that sounds good and it rhymes, and so they put it in a bottle and they sell it to the masses of Christians today, and there's no Scripture in it. 
Here are these people, they're going to the Bible creating songs. And the song that they're creating is found in the Old Testament. Our songs should be scriptural. Amen? It says, nobody said amen there. Amen? Okay. It says in verse 3, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great, marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. And that was their first uh, stanza. Here's their second stanza. Just and true are thy ways. And then here's their third stanza. Thou King of, the saint, of saints. And then their fourth stanza. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? and glorify Thy name. And then the fifth stanza, For Thou art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before Thee, for Thy judgments are made manifest. Good song, isn't it? And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened, and the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, Notice the temple, a picture of purity and holiness, an understanding of, in the Old Testament, of Shekinah glory, the presence of God. These plagues prepared in the temple, given to the angels, sent forth out of the temple. The Bible says they're clothed, these angels of the temple having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen. It's not only a representation of their mission, but also um, who they are as God's messenger. Pure and white linen and having their breast, uh, their breast girded with gold girdles. That sense of royalty and deity. King of kings and Lord of lords. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God handed down who liveth forever and ever, and the temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of God. As we think about the glory of God, it speaks about His brilliance. His, his, uh, the glory of God is seen in the Bible as radiant light and energy. And the Bible here in this passage speaks about um, with a fire, with a glowing fire, the, the excess or, 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 or the waste, if you will, that smoke, that ash, it speaks of the fragrance. Um, if you can imagine being in a room where smoke was filled, not being able to see, uh, not, uh, it, being, it, it being in your nostrils, consumed by it, and the Bible speaks that no man was able to enter into the temple. At this point, at least, there's something to be said about the holiness of God and His glory shown in the temple in such a magnitude way that no man, at this point at least, able to go into that presence. Again, I can't help but think about the burning bush. Moses, the place where thou standest is what? holy ground, take off thy shoes, nothing between you and the Lord. It says, till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. It may be that 
it was a hollow, uh, it was a it was a sober hush. It may be that it was just a a quiet time uh, in the eternal heavenly realm um, as these angels are going forth, almost as they are watching this and seeing this. It is holy. It is pure. It represents all who God is and what He's doing to sin and the sinner. And uh, definitely, there's this element of rejoicing from the saints. Their lives have been taken from them. And they sing the, the Song of Moses. And uh, chapter 16 begins to unfold these, these vials of God's wrath. And it is devastating. And there's such great correlation um, between this chapter and the Old Testament. It's very unique. Uh, and it is amazing. Uh, it's just pretty amazing. That's really all I have. Maybe next Sunday night, Lord willing, we'll be in chapter 17 and we'll dive in and hit a few more notes. I hope that this is really good. Uh, I know we've been here for some lengthy portion of time, but um, it is the Word of God and I'm enjoying it really. Does anyone have a question or something to add? Yes, sir, brother.